bom, 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 bom. Episode 100. Beep, 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 beep. Or as we like to say in Writers Get Animated World, one-seventh of the length of The Simpsons. Stay tuned. Good day and welcome to episode 100 of Writers Get Animated. Pew, 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 pew. Oh, I hate those so much. <laughs> I know, that's why I'm doing it. <laughs> this is our podcast about storytelling, animation, and also gratuitous air horns. Pew, 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 pew. 100 episodes. I'm Chris Leva. And I'm Mackenzie 100 Whirl. <laughs> like that emoji, specifically that emoji. Yeah, we're here at Writers Get Animated. We are keeping it 100. Oh my god, is that the title of this episode? Just the 100 emoji? Oh, I hope not. Uh, (laughs) Today, in celebration of 100 episodes, we are doing something that we did last year, which is (laughs) (laughs) which is our year in review. The things that were released, new animated shows that came out this year, not movies, but shows. New animated shows that came out this year in the year 2017. And just to looking at what the field brought us, what's left, what can we still enjoy? What did we notice? What did we find out? Are there any recurring themes throughout? Just the fun of what what's 2017 like? You know, in animated form. I know it's what scary. it's. It's a scary place outside of animation. I was going to say outside of animation. I know exactly what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> so, as Chris mentioned, we've done this two years in the past already. So I feel like we should start with a check-in. Like, Chris, what are you still watching that was new last year? Um, let's if see. anything. Let's see. New last year, I think. I'm still watching Voltron pretty uh, regularly. Yeah, we're on season four somehow. Yeah, I don't know. It's a year later, and it's season four. I thought I was losing my mind. I'm like, how fast is time moving? <laughs> Netflix has ruined everything. I know they're like on season 17 of The Croods or something I, like I that. I know. We're, season is very generous now. We're talking like fall is a season, winter is a season, spring is a season. <laughs> so I'm still watching that I've been keeping up a little bit with Milo Murphy's Law. Um, I think those are the only two, specifically from last year, um, that I'm keeping up with. Yeah, I'm also chugging along with both those. I'm a big Milo Murphy's Law fan. Big fan of Milo Murphy's Law? It's weird grammatically. Um, They're doing lots of interesting stuff. Um, Still excited about it. I picked up some other shows that I'm into still. I'm into Justice League Action, which hadn't even come out by the time we did last year's show but mentioned it was coming it has ups and downs but it's really clever moments uh, i still like the loud house and watch it occasionally which is a judgment on the quality of the show itself and the world of the show not anything else happening around the world of the show which we're not going to talk about in today's episode but there's other stuff happening there that i'm not going to um get into as we talked about it 2017 outside of animation and 2017 in the world of animation. Yeah, just in what's on TV, not behind the scenes. Yes. <laughs> Anything else? Um, only because I still recommend it to everybody. Ask the Storybots, I still think is a golden gem. 
Yeah, that's a really random one that I keep going back to. Like, I don't. I don't I, think they've made. They haven't made any more. Just I always recommend it to people. Then months later, get a text like, "Oh my god, you were so right." <laughs> like, I don't know who this is for, but it feels like something I enjoy. I don't know exactly why. I I do I do know as a fact. If on Netflix I opened it up one day and it said new had a new episodes banner, I'd probably at least watch one or two of them. <laughs> yeah. It's like today we talk about the urinary system. Like, okay, I, I, I'm in. Okay, slow down, ask the story bots. Well, isn't that what the magic school bus is now? Uh possibly. <gasps> magic school bus story bots crossover. It writes itself. It does. To the wheel! Um, oh, and I guess Troll Hunters I'm also watching. I forgot about that. You forgot about Troll Hunters. I know. I like it so much. It's just we're so close to new season. It's been so long since the last one. Yeah, I haven't watched the full season. I'm just so far behind on everything. There's really only about four shows that I'm up to date on. I'm even out of date on The Simpsons. That's how bad I've been about keeping up with things. Like... I'm only well, up. I'm only up to date on Star Wars Rebels, <laughs> um, Ducktales, and almost Voltron. Like those are the three. Almost Voltron. Almost, not quite. I'm on the. I'm on the current season. I'm not finished. Oh, and BoJack Horseman. Oh yeah, BoJack. BoJack. Um, I know we're not talking about shows that've been on for a while, but I will say, like, side note, I've. It's not a great episode of The Simpsons. It's a good episode of The Simpsons, but the Alison Bechdel one is pretty good. Okay. Just treat for the future. There's an Alison Bechdel symptom. Simpsons this season. Good. Does it pass the Bechdel test? Yes. Wonderful. I would and just, they talk about the Bechdel test in it. I would just find that that would be a wonderful irony if it didn't. So <laughs> let's look at... What was going on in animation in 2017? I feel like in a lot of ways, it's networks versus online slash Netflix. Yeah, there's a lot of Netflix this year. Yeah, Netflix was going heavy. And not just DreamWorks Netflix stuff, which was pretty heavy last year and the year before. But things that are Netflix, not DreamWorks. They know they've taken the Disney philosophy of get them while they're young, and then the parents have to pay for Netflix, and the parents then also have to watch stuff because they have Netflix now. Yes. So it's it's, it's good. It's wonderful. Fun um, for the whole family. <laughs> the the one of the first things that I noticed is most of these new shows are the ten slash eleven minute episodes of things. Um, however. Um, Netflix is sticking with 22, generally speaking, or, you know, the 20-minute-long, full-length episodes. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure why that is, if it's just cheaper to make 11-minute episodes, but I think we're at this time in animation where you make your story <clears throat> be as long as it needs to be. You can mm -hmm. have an 11-minute episode. You can have a 20-minute episode. Like, there are episodes of Steven Universe, like, they're usually, like, here's our new episode today, it's 11 minutes long, and then sometimes here's our special, like, double-long 22-minute episode. So, it, you don't have to have a set time slot anymore. And even Star Wars Rebels, uh, the first couple episodes this season are, like, double-hour-long episodes. Yeah. 
Two parters. Yeah. Two parters aired consecutively next to each other. <laughs> so time the time is what we're saying in a roundabout way is that time is now a wibbly wobbly animation concept. Which is good because then it's not just about trying to fit your story into 22 minutes. You can do things along other areas. You don't have to try to force it into something else. Which is good. Mm-hmm. Now, as part of 2017, there are things that we have already talked about. And we would welcome you to go into the back catalog and listen to those. Since, you know, there are some things that we've already discussed that we won't be talking about today, necessarily. Um, the first one, Castlevania on Netflix. You can listen to our episode Ready Player Dracula, Castlevania. Um, so, and if you listen to our previous episode on animated prequels, Castlevania is like an animated prequel of itself. <laughs> so all the things that we talked about in terms of world building and character and everything, Castlevania is the animated prequel to a thing that doesn't exist yet. That's, the that's best, accurate. That's the best way I can describe it after our last conversation. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait a minute. I know exactly why I have like, a problem with I don't this show. see that in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Castlevania, if new episodes come out, I might watch one to see what happens. I'm kind of interested, but... Yeah. Um, also, here, there's Buddy Thunderstruck we talked about in our... Um, I don't know the names the episode's handy, but our multiple choice. Choose your, choose own, your adventure. own adventure. Yeah. I think it was um, choose your own, in quotes, adventure. Yeah. <laughs> um, Samurai Jack, we talked about already. Yes, in our episode entitled Samurai Jack Samurai is Jack. Back. Oh. <laughs> um, Tangled the Series, we talked about on Disney. Yes, in our Once Upon a Time Again. Mm-hmm. Again. You just, you just know these. I don't know how. Um, Imaginary Mary on ABC, live action animation hybrid. Episode entitled, There's Something About Imaginary Mary. (laughs) You're too good at this. (laughs) Um, And finally, uh, Star Wars Forces of Destiny, also on Disney. And um, you came up with that title. I think that's Who Rule rule Animation. Yeah, Who Who Rule rule Cartoons. cartoons. Girls. Girls, in parentheses. In parentheses. So you can go back and listen to those. I will keep watching Forces of Destiny. Things still, they had some new episodes um, that came out yeah. <laughs> um, and I enjoyed them, but I want, I think that's a show that needs to up it to, to 10 minutes instead of three two. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think. Speaking of timey wimey, yeah, this two minute episodes. Yeah, they, they need to get there, but I know why they can't because. I think if they make it too long, it would start to butt up against the points of the stories that they're telling. So to fit in between, they don't want to expand it too much or it might, it might break the canon. Eh, yeah, sure. Or something. I don't know. Sure, Disney. I'm trying to give them a benefit of the doubt. I will, I want to return to Tangled. I did enjoy the, the movie. I haven't had a chance to watch the the episodes though but i did like it and i love tangled 
Yeah, I mean, there's stuff of what we've already talked about that I, I will watch some more of, but I, I don't necessarily personally think that any of it is something that I'm in love with. Um, I won't argue that Samurai Jack is bad. I don't think Samurai Jack is bad. Samurai Jack is great. It's just not for me. Yes, I agree. <laughs> for both of us. <laughs> yeah. And I guess, is that new 2017? or is it? A, I don't know how to talk about that. It's 2017. We'll call it that. <laughs> um, so, out of the stuff that we haven't talked about. Which there's a lot of. We can't cover everything that's new in 2017. We're going to do our best to cover the things that we've watched. We've, we've watched a lot of episodes leading up to this recording. We have, but not every episode of everything. So, we may have caught the one episode that saves a particular show or the one episode that's bad of a particular show. We yeah. picked and choose. We picked and chose. Picked and chose. Yes, we picked and chose. Did um, different <laughs> episodes to give ourselves some ideas on what these shows were about. At coming at it from what it's like at the beginning, what it's like in the middle, trying to play around and see where the stories go. If you don't have time to watch everything, and there's lots of other stuff we may not mention that we did see, and there may be stuff that we haven't that we don't mention today and haven't seen. Yes. Um, sure. Let's start with, um, I know, something we were both excited for, uh, because we're both a fan of uh, Christy. Uh, yes. so let's talk about some shows for younger audiences, including Christy's brand new, Vampirina. Vampirina! We were normal vampires in Transylvania, like the other monsters on every block, till we packed our things and we flapped off. Uh, I was really excited about this one because I didn't know a lot about Vampirina before in terms of the kids' storybooks. Um, oh, that it's, it's a storybook? Mm -hmm. so I didn't even know that. So it's based on a, a series of kids' books, Vampirina Ballerina, I believe the main titles. And she goes on sleepovers and everything. But I, I thought it was interesting because um, my son Jack saw, I was flipping through Twitter one day, and my son Jack saw Chris Nee's picture, which was Vampirina, and he's like, who's that Halloween girl? <laughs> and um, he said that she looks scary. So I tweeted that to Chris Nee, and I said, you know, Jack thinks she looks scary. And she said, tell him that not, that not everything um, is the way it looks. And, and they, that's the whole point of the show. Exactly. He's going to love her, is what she said. So I was like, like, aw. And I told him that, and he's like, okay. So Jack uh, is so spoiled. He's getting advice directly from the, the creators of cartoons at a young age. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really nice when, when Chris needs, like, you know, helping, helping Jack with his understanding of the shows. When I was four and a half, I got a tweet back from Chris Nee. <laughs> The creator of Doc McStuffins and executive producer of Vampirina. <laughs> and also, future CEO of Disney. <laughs> oh, what a wonderful world that would be in 2018. Mm. So what do you love about Vampirina? Uh, I think it, it harkens back to the 60s in a really good way. <laughs> because okay. it feels like the Munsters and Adams Family where it feels silly, uh, like monsters are silly. Monsters aren't scary. Monsters are silly. They're just weird. They cut the 
flowers off of roses and leave the thorns because that's more beautiful to them. They're, yeah. They they have the same things as us, but they use monster puns. Um, and I, I just like that. And it has a theme song that's just as catchy as the monsters, you mm-hmm. know. It, where it has like a spooky undertone, but like a poppy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like somebody, Fat Boy Slim is going to sample it and turn it into <laughs> something. <laughs> like that's that's what I feel that someday that might happen. Okay, well, we, we will see if that is truly Fat, Fat Boy Slim, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> that's your homework. Or Chris Nee, if you're listening, tell Fat Boy Slim to get on that. I like to imagine the world where Chris Nee and Fat Boy Slim are like friends. They go to parties together. What a beautiful 2017 that would be. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think there is, there's lots to like in this show. I think in addition to it being this wonderful metaphor about being different for young kids, um, which works on so many levels. And they, it's just, that's the beauty of animation. You can tell like the simple metaphor that's like very obvious as an adult, but is not obvious when you're a kid and they learn lessons from it. Yes. It's like my family's different and that's okay. My family's a bunch of weirdos, mm. but we're okay. Weirdos kind of judgmental. Just saying. I, well, it's if it's their term. <laughs> My family's a bunch of vampires, and that's okay. Well, I meant weirdos. I was thinking of like Gonzo. Oh, okay. But that's anyway, true. sorry. Yeah. I also like how technology conscious the show is. Um, I watched only like two of the 11 minute episodes, and they have like one kid is broadcasting a web show and talks about his like YouTube show. And then they have like a scare B and B that they're hosting. Yeah. This scare B and B. So it uses modern references. It's not like the Simpsons where they didn't have a computer for like 16 years. (laughs) And they have like, essentially they do, um, FaceTime, but they have like a, a good monster pun for like FaceTime with their grandparents and other things. Uh, They also have really great music. Um, The music is done differently than if if you're a Doc McStuffins fan and you like the songs where they kind of wrap the songs, wrap up the problem or encapsulate a problem in there. Um, And it's a little bit more external to a character. These ones in Vampirina, at least the ones that I saw, are more of the Broadway I Want songs. <laughs> like every episode, <laughs> the couple episodes that I saw, it feels very Broadway because there's a definite specific want that the character is expressing as opposed to something external. It's a very internal based song that comes out. It's even when the mother's singing about wanting to open the Scare B&B. It felt like, like I could very easily take those first couple of episodes and start to craft a Vampirina Broadway show. Like it, it could almost write itself. So it's there. It's already there and present. And you already get Disney as like a, a major Broadway financier. There you go. So it's very, very funds itself. (laughs) Which is part of the problem of it writing itself is it doesn't often fund itself. But in this case, <laughs> that's a whole other well. podcast, <laughs> which we know nothing about, obviously. Exactly. 
So I think I'm gonna I'm gonna run back to it. When I was watching it, um, Jack wasn't around, so he was already in bed. But I, I look forward to Jack seeing it and having his actual reaction to it and see what he thinks of it. Um, I want we watched some other things for Halloween stuff, but I don't want him to. I don't want him to equate this with scary stuff. So I wanted to give a separation from it between Halloween and the show. So I want it to feel everyday and normal instead of this is about spooky, scary stuff. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's fair because like Vampirina is premiering around Halloween, but it's not a Halloween exclusive show. No. And the, the human characters are more in tune with the, if you go back to Adam's family versus monsters, they're more in tune with like the monsters type of humans, which are <laughs> grotesque versions of what normal looks like. Which I watched, I think the first episode and they have the wonderful setup at the, did you see the first one? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the wonderful setup of like, we're going to blend in by wearing these cat sweaters. And they're like, we're not wearing the cat sweaters. They take them off and they answer the door and immediately the neighbor's wearing the exact same cat sweater. Like, this no, is what humans wear. No, they don't. Oh, look, here's a human wearing this cat sweater. <laughs> so it's an extreme thing. And you can tell that, yes, even those humans have some interesting idiosyncratic things about them. They're not quote unquote normal because nobody is quote unquote normal. Mm -hmm. That's the point. Or everybody is like, it's like, it's the thing like normal is not a thing. I mean, they are in Pennsylvania, so that's pretty normal. <laughs> oh, it's a very urban part of Pennsylvania. It's trying to figure out where they are. Yes. Pittsburgh, but flat, like a flat Pittsburgh. <laughs> Neither here nor there. So I'm, I'm going to check out Vampirina some more. Um, and I look forward to showing Jack Vampirina in the month of November after spooky times have passed. <laughs> cool. Um, there's another uh, younger audience show that was suggested by a fan of the show that we check out. Yes. Um, Puppy Dog Pals. Uh, did you watch this one? I did. Um, I okay. had some experience with it because Jack stumbled upon it um, in, ah. in his mythic quest to find something to watch. One day, he hit it, and um, it has, and I mean this in the nicest way, one of the worst, most annoying theme songs in the history of the world. Like, puppy, 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 puppy. Oh gosh, I just can't take that song. The, it's catchy. It's repetitive and catchy. The the dog, the synth synthesized dog barking, the electronic sounds underneath it. I I don't know what it is about that song, but it it's like my kryptonite. I don't know. It gets under my skin. I will say there is something that I appreciate about the show, though. Yes, having watched. An episode of Puppy Dog Pals. What I really appreciate about how they do it as a show for a younger audience is that they, the two main puppy characters will encounter a problem 
where something is like not what they expect it to be. So, for example, they're like looking for an alien and they see like a kid in an alien mask. And rather than the whole episode being like this identity confusion, like, is it an alien? I think it's an alien. Um, like they immediately like realize their mistake. There's not like this ongoing like you as an adult watcher the show go like, oh, it's just a kid. Like, get over it. <laughs> there's, an, <laughs> there's no like reverse dramatic irony where you're waiting for the character to discover something you already know. Like the, you figure it out and the characters immediately figure it out as well. Mm. There's no stringing you along as a younger audience. Yes. I, I think part of it also helps that they have two young kids as the voice actors for the two puppies. I think it sells it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, and I also like that it's, it's a little bit about the dogs having adventures while the owner is away, which is, um, as Alan Menken says, or I'm sorry, Howard Ashman says, you know, a tale as old as time, <laughs> your, your pets do something while you're not around. Um, and while there is that, there, there's this strange thing where their callers give them missions and they're able, they have like superpowers in that sense, but not superpowers, but like inspector gadget ish, James Bond Q kind of like gadgets that they get to use. Um, So I was just a little bit confused on what was going on dramaturgically because I felt like we yeah. were we were doing one thing and then it changed to this completely different thing. The character discoveries happen um, at a rate that is acceptable for all ages, but the dramaturgy happens at a rate for younger audiences. Yes. I mean, I think it's really fun and silly to have two <laughs> puppies out saving the world in various, I mean, they're never saving the world. They're saving one small thing. They're solving one problem and that's our mission for today. And then they're going on a mountain and, or surfing or doing other things. And it's like, okay, this is ridiculous, but that's fine. Like I I never know what's happening in the show because every time I look away and then look back at the screen, if Jack is watching it, I'm like, okay, what what did I miss? Like you you miss one little detail and the the pace of it is super fast too. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like it doesn't stop and those kids are just going crazy. I mean, they are puppies and puppies don't ever stop or slow down, but man, they they got that right. <laughs> it's a fast-paced puppy dog pal adventure. Yes. Yeah, you don't slow down for any character development. It's just, let's go on this adventure. Everything's happy. We're excited about things. And let's go back and, you know, oh, the owner's coming home. We should we should head back home now so we don't get caught as being these, what's the word? X, X, not extravagant. Never mind. I don't, I can't think of the word. <laughs> Well, let's move on to a show in in our all ages category that is the opposite problem of Puppy Dog Pals, where um, the characters do take way too long to realize uh, what's going wrong around them. I'm talking about Marvel's Spider-Man <laughs> on Disney. 
Um, I've seen a couple episodes of this, and I wasn't super excited because looking at it in the previews, I felt like I'd already been burned too many times before by the Marvel movie spinoffs of Guardians of the Galaxy and Avengers and stuff. So I wasn't I wasn't expecting much with Spider-Man either, and I feel justified. Oh, uh, yeah. Which episode did you watch? Um, I saw like their, their lead up bits. Like they did some shorts that they released of like the origin thing, which felt like it was right out of Spider-Man homecoming, but the world is different, but the suit and the setup are the same. It was kind of strange. And then I also watched, uh, the Venom episode because we talked about Venom and Spider-Man earlier this year. I was too afraid to watch this Venom episode. Uh, I appreciate they didn't do Eddie Brock. Really? Yeah, they didn't do any Brock, but I didn't see whatever lead up to this episode there was. But even I knew who Venom was way before they got. Did they it. do Flash? Yeah. <laughs> it's like you don't even have to. If you're not going to do any Brock, it has to be Flash. <laughs> right. There, there were parts of it that were good, but there were parts of it that was just like, ugh. Okay. Yeah, I I saw the Stark Eps. Es- oh my goodness, the Stark Expo one. Um, where they had where he meets Iron Man. I think that's the one immediately preceding the Venom one. Okay. Yeah. And it's it was interesting. There were some cool things that they did. But at this point, it feels like, well, we're doing it differently than everybody else. Like, you're, you're trying hard to make it different. Because the story has been told so many times before. But... It's like they took um, Pidge from the new Voltron, (laughs) turned her into Peter Parker, and gave her her own show. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like the the character design, the way the character expresses themselves, it, it feels a lot like that. And that's probably the one good thing is that Peter Parker's really nerdy and you know 98 pounds and awkward but it's also peter parker is not very perceptive yeah it feels like peter parker is not very smart in this show um and even like the banter isn't funny like it's it's just to the point of like being confusingly nonsensical i think in the venom episode there's like a pre-commercial like one-liner that I just had to sit and think about the entire commercial. Like this doesn't make sense. <laughs> like Venom pops up behind a corner and Peter Parker, Spider-Man goes, oh, and I thought black was slimming. And that's the cut to commercial. Like I don't, I, I still don't fully get it. I don't understand what they're going for. It's not funny. It's not commenting on what's there. It's just, I thought black was slimming. Like, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) So it's missing that, that Spider-Man touch. It's just kind of confusingly there is my Mm. summary of the show. Okay. So, go ahead. I was just going to transition because you said, okay. Well, I was about to transition into, okay, let's move on. (laughs) Let's move on to the next one. Okay. K.O from Cartoon Network. Yeah, this is part of that um, animation circle that has given us a lot of good animation recently, good shows. It's 
in the trickle down effect of like Adventure Time to Steven Universe to this. Um, lots of people seem to like OKKO. OK I can't say that I'm one of them. Um, <laughs> but lots of people seem to like it. Yes, I could see where the humor is for a lot of people. Um, which episode did you watch? I've seen a few. There were a couple that were free on iTunes when it first started. And then I watched the level 101 like last night. Mm. I watched the um, Stop Attacking the Plaza which is about the um, a villain and the villain who's always attacking them. And they his board is going to pull funding unless he can stop attacking them for 24 hours. So his obsession with these people and trying to attack them. So I was like, oh, this is kind of funny that they're doing this villain episode. So I don't know how indicative it is of the rest of the series. But I was getting a sense of the humor and sense of the style and things. So, yeah, I didn't feel like it was a waste of my time to watch it, but I'm not going yeah. to watch more necessarily. I agree with that sentiment, but that's how I originally felt when I first saw Stevie Universe back in the day, too. So this may be something that grows on me and completely wins me over. I think that there's interesting characters that aren't in every episode. There are some interesting villain dynamics happening, but the world is really out there for me and I don't quite get the rules. It's like they're in a fighting game or an RPG, but they all work at like a corner bodega, but four heroes, but none of them are really that heroic. <laughs> yeah. See, uh, I, I, I just met the one villain who is essentially Dr. Robotnik from Mr. Sonic. Box. Yeah. Mr. Box. Or Boxman, whatever Boxman, yeah. And he just attacks them and sends robots. And he has three robot children. And like I, th I thought that that was an interesting turn of a Sonic character. But I didn't understand what was going on. Yeah, like, I'd agree with that. Like, And not just, oh, you just need to watch more episodes. It's like, well, I just don't understand what's happening <laughs> like in this episode i don't understand what's going on not in the world of this single episode not necessarily outside of it or the rules or anything like i get that he's a villain i get that he attacks that place and he shouldn't anymore but it's like what's what's going on what, what's driving this what are the stakes yeah and I, and I did laugh a lot i mean i did laugh there was some really funny moments but it's, I don't think it's bad. It just didn't catch me. Yeah. And okay. you, you put a note in here about part oh. Speed Racer, part Dragon Ball, part Adventure Time, which is very, very apt. Yeah, <laughs> it feels super accurate. It's um, like partly making fun of old anime, but partly also really inspired by more recent anime. And um, but also as an Adventure Time, everything is meaningless cartoon nihilistic perspective so there, there you go. if that's what you're into okay ko okay ko that's a catchy theme song don't <laughs> it judge does. me it does have a very catchy theme song um next is art boiled
their description of the page I think is pretty accurate. It's um, a YouTube animation channel curated by Ardman Studios who gave us Walsh and Gromit. Not made by them, but curated by them. Mm-hmm. Like a gallery. Um, and it, we're going to feel very contradictory because it makes no sense at all. Um, and that's the point. So, <laughs> And they're very, very short. These are These are really small animated shorts. Some of them are short little limericks essentially um animated to stop motion some of them are some traditional 2d animation but um i think it's just for whoever has some offbeat animation that they submit to ardman and ardman likes it they will host it on this channel so if you're an animator listening to our show and you have some offbeat animated shorts, check out Ard Boiled. Mm-hmm. A-A-R-D Boiled. <laughs> and I think it's enough to skip around. It, it reminds me a little bit of Frederator, Channel Frederator, when that was yeah. doing things where it was curating these shorts. But it's... I don't know if I'll go back to check out a couple of them, but I mean, it's... They're short, they're fast, they're kind of interesting. I subscribe. When they show up in my feed, I'll watch them. I'm much better at YouTube now that I have, like, a smart TV app for YouTube. Because I can just check and see what's new in my feed. <laughs> I'm much more, I'm a responsible YouTuber now, as opposed to just, like, watching whatever people send me in links. <clears throat> cool. Let's move on to another show. Um, this is one that I was tentatively excited for. And um, I don't think that it hit me the way I wanted it to, but I see why they did it. Ben 10 has a reboot. I think I was too old for the original Ben 10 when it was coming out i didn't follow it but i liked it when i saw an episode it felt smart and original and they did a couple iterations of what ben 10 was and he got older and then they had bigger adventures and this is going back to like young ben 10 and i I don't know what to say about that it's young ben 10 it kind of feels like teen titans go like they just want to take a different superhero property and make this loony Teen Titans Go reboot based off of it. Mm-hmm. It felt really... I don't know. So, uh, so Ben 10 is a kid who gets a wrist, a Leela-based <laughs> wrist thing that turns him into different aliens. Yeah. And that's still him. He's not... Ter- there's not other aliens that are trapped in there, and he is turning into them, it's still been just taking on the form of these aliens. Yeah, I think he can, like, it's kind of like Pokemon. I think he can, like, scan an alien and capture, at least later he can. I think the watch is broken in the first series, so he can't do that or something. But he takes on the form. Yeah. It's not releasing that animal out. It's him turning into that alien. Yeah, he transforms like a Power Ranger type deal. 
So Power Ranger-y, Pokemon-y kind of thing. I mean, I, not being knowledgeable about the Ben 10 franchise, I thought it was pretty fun. Um, I didn't like Ben as a character. Yeah. Um, which you don't listen to, hear, hear me. You don't have to have a likable character <laughs> to have a good drama or to have a character that you want to follow. Um, Walter White is not a likable character, but he was just off-putting and an, a little bit annoying. And when somebody who's set up to be a, a hero is just so far from, you know, feeling heroic, it feels it feels like a lie. Yeah, like Teen Titans Go has a lot of annoying side characters in it, but they're still ultimately led by Robin who is like this serious, that's the whole joke, he's like the serious go-to superhero leader guy. Technical word. Technical word. I mean, I, I thought it was funny. I did laugh a lot at Ben 10, but I wasn't sure. Like, as you know, since you were coming up and said it's a little, it's a loony kind of remake, I thought it was, I thought it was fun. I watched a few episodes of it just to skip around to see what happened later on. I think I watched some in the early, I jumped to like episode 30 something. Um, it does fill up all of its 11 minutes for those episodes. So it, you know, it, I wouldn't expect it to go 22 minutes. I felt overwhelmed with it being 11 minutes. You don't get a lot of character change. Um, but it feels a lot like the same issues with um, Peter Parker and Marvel's Spider-Man. Like, I feel like those two characters are very interchangeable. You could put that Peter Parker with the wrist thing and still get, still end up with the Ben 10 show. Yeah, like the, the kid who's too smart and really annoying seems to be a trope that's going around right now. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. I didn't realize that until as we're talking through it. Yeah, I feel like that's a thing. Yeah. And then next we have on Netflix, the magic school bus rides again. Cruising on down Main Street, you're relaxed and feeling good. And again, I was too old for the original magic school bus when it came out. What? When did the original magic school bus come out? I think in Canada, like, I don't know. It's Canadian. That's what I know. <laughs> I remember seeing it as a kid, and yeah, that would have been a little, a little too old for you at that point. But um, I feel like it was out in Canada first. I might have made that up. I'm not sure. 94. Yeah, so I was like 15. Yeah, I wasn't hip to the Magic School Bus at that point. Um, but now it's on Netflix. On paper, this is something I like. They replaced Lily Tomlin as the voice of Miss Frizzle with um, her sister, Miss Frizzle. Yes. Um, voiced by Kate McKinnon. You're like, sold. On paper, Kate McKinnon as Miss Frizzle. Into it. Yes. Yes. Automatically. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I feel like now living in an age where Netflix has done Ask the Storybots, like I just... I crave, like, my educational shows to be, like, a little bit crazier. Magic School Bus is, captures the same original spirit that it had, which is not what I want. <laughs> yeah. It, it feels 
Uh, it feels old fashioned. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't feel dynamic. It and it feels a little generic in a bad you know in a bad way. Like the kids, I think, feel like they don't have personalities like you would expect kids to have personalities in a show now. I feel like it's it's I think it's like nineties tropes again. It it was the there was another show that we were talking about in a previous episode where it was like they didn't advance past that time period when oh we're talking about it wasn't a, when we were talking about this episode it was independence day the sequel <laughs> independence it's, day it's stuck in the 90s where it's like you're making a movie that's later and yes the the movie takes place at a different time but it was written with the same characters and tropes of the 90s like the writing itself didn't move past the time that it was remaking it's like we just froze the writers in a tube and reawakened them to write a sequel to Independence Day. Exactly. And now uh, Magic School Bus feels a little bit like uh, from a different time. And maybe that's good that it's a little slower in pace. But I feel like it wasn't really teaching. Like I didn't feel like the lesson it was teaching... Well, well it worked thematically because it's like, hey, we're doing a reboot... Don't be mad about it because it's going to be different and new. Mm-hmm. Like it was a very meta episode about character who's afraid of change. And now here's everything that we're changing for this sh- new reboot. We're getting rid of the old Miss Frizzle. Here's a new Miss Frizzle, Magic School Bus, new kids. And I don't know of any kids that have the same teacher year after year after year at school. So that's my first dramaturgical issue with this. It should have magnet school. Right. It should be. A that diff- feels like a pun they'd make. Yeah. It should be a different group of kids every single year on this school bus. Why does that one classroom get the school bus? Are, are there multiple magic school bus? I, like, I mean, Miss Frizzle, old Miss Frizzle rides away on a magic motorcycle. So, yes. I don't know. That's the question. Why did they replace? Why? Why is one kid replaced, but not all of them? Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. Do you have to take a lottery? Do you have to lottery into the magic classroom where the magic school bus is? Because I don't... Are there? I just have an issue. If there are not other magic school buses, then what kind of school is this that doesn't allow for equal education of all their students? And I... My perspective, I don't think this was necessarily like bad... It just, I found, like, my tastes have changed. Mm-hmm. Not just, like, from being a kid to now. Like, from the 90s till now, my tastes have changed. Um, so it wasn't quite quite what I was craving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they needed... <laughs> I think they needed to change more. Mm-hmm. You know, that I That bus needed to transform more. Yeah. Yeah. But... I, I think it, I mean, it might be fun for kids, and I know that I'm not the target audience, but at the same time, I must be kind of, because you don't get someone like Kate McKinnon <laughs> and not have it be for adults, too. 
you know. I mean, the original had Lily Tomlin also, so I that's understand like the Kate that. McKinnon of the '90s. I understand that, but also, you know, you get Lin Manuel Miranda to do the Magic School Bus theme song. Did he? Yeah. He is everywhere. He is everywhere. <laughs> There's no escaping Lin Manuel Miranda. <laughs> So, as another show that may have been better with more than Manuel Miranda, who didn't have any at all, um, was a show that I didn't know about, and um, uh, it's interesting. So, Mysticons, Mystica, Mysticons, I can't even say it. I didn't watch this one, no. Um... You feel the presence of a toy-making empire behind it. Mm. It feels like Bionicle. Yeah, you feel like you feel very much like it's a fantasy um, series just for making toys, but it's really um, action-based. So it's for young women who kick butt and have magic stuff. Um, It starts off there's. Two um, royalty people, and I don't know if they were queens or princesses. I think one was a princess and one was her friend. And then there were two thieves who lived on the street and were cheating people out of stuff. And they go in and they have their little animal stolen from them. And to get their animal back from this shadow villain woman, they have to go in and steal the dragon seal. From the I'm castle. I'm confused. I don't know why any of this is happening. And then they go out and they steal it, but then all four of them end up touching it, and then they turn into the mystic new new mysticons. But they were it's old mysticons, apparently. But they hadn't been okay. around for a long time, and they their forms change and evolve, and they get like David Bowie esque kind of costumes, you know, <laughs> Ziggy Stardust kind of costumes, and it's kind of bold um but there was one that had like a buzz side of her head when she changed and my wife dr shavri's slave was like is her head shaved that's awesome like the style of it was pretty cool um there was great fight choreography um things were exciting and it was nice to have a obvious female driven female audience based property with people who kicked butt and was like an action show. But the villains weren't interesting. Um, And I could see what they're setting up with the main heroes. And it's interesting that there are some that are coming from different parts of society. But I don't know where it's going. We'll see. Okay. So final judgment, like, yes, check it out. I would say um, I would not feel bad if I had a daughter who was 10 or 11 and became obsessed with it. I'd be okay with that. Okay. I'll take that. Um, I would, I think it would be pretty cool to be a Mystican for Halloween. If you're doing, you know, Halloween costumes, that would be something cool to dress up. Um, There aren't a lot of male roles. And I think like that's, where it falls a little bit, not because everything has to have a man in it or something, but it's 
I feel like it's playing its hand as the show is only for girls in a way that something like Star Wars Forces of Destiny doesn't. Yeah. Okay. If if that makes sense. It's a little marketed toward girls and like about girls. Yeah. It's both. Yeah. Right. So I would check out another I would I would definitely check out an episode. Watch the first episode, see what you think, see if the mystery is enough to make you go like, yeah, I'm kind of invested in this. But again, if I had a young daughter, um, I wouldn't feel bad. And even if Jack saw it, I don't think he would be into it because he doesn't have a way in necessarily. Mm -hmm. There is one cool male character, but he's off to the side and that's fine. But I don't think any of the characters get developed enough to make it interesting for anybody <laughs> okay so anyway all right uh let's, let's move on to another one um which is a new venue we haven't really talked about before on amazon Woo. um danger and eggs okay i did not watch this one so i didn't either because i don't have you don't have <laughs> But I do, I do want to mention it just because it's getting a lot of good buzz. People are saying things about it. Well, I, I should say mixed buzz. Good buzz if you're an open-minded liberal person. Bad buzz if you are a spiteful person. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I guess it's like this very, like, I, I forget. I don't want to misassociate what it is. Um, so I'll just preface by saying it's something in this area, but I forget exactly specifically what it is. It's like queer friendly or trans friendly or something like that. Mm. It's got some characters in there. Um, and it's not like an adult show. It's not an adult animated show. It's like adventure time, but mm. on the internet so they can do a little bit more. Got it. And that's what we have to say about the show. We haven't seen. <laughs> I'm excited to see it. Whenever I get that chance. Hmm. The animation looks good. Yeah. Well, good. Well, should we talk about more of the adult? So we went from young audiences to all audiences and now adult oriented stuff. It's like we planned like a progression or something. I know. <laughs> so um, there are two Netflixes in here and one Cartoon Network. So... One that Netflix has been trying to get me to watch every time I open up the Netflix app. I finally watched it. So I hope you're happy, Netflix. <laughs> I hope you're happy and we'll leave me alone about that. Um, was is Big Mouth. all about puberty and it is not 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 for kids in any way in any like way visually joking wise like don't watch it on mute with kids around like no you <laughs> can't. still things on the screen um i was watching uh i binge watched five episodes you're welcome netflix I, you got me okay i watched five episodes so you even had to say yes you're still watching at one point no, I didn't. No, I didn't. Oh, wow. It just kept on going. <laughs> and there's even a joke at the end of like the 
fourth episode where <laughs> where one character's yeah. like, what, you're going to watch the next episode? You're going to watch the next one? You're going to watch yeah, the next like, one? It's like the Netflix credit scene, but you don't realize it's still part of the episode, which is really cute. They knew their venue and what they were going for. Yes. And I did like one of the other characters in another episode was like, um, yeah, because I just made a reference to that the other episode. You've been watching it. You've been binging. You've been binging this. <laughs> you're going to watch the next one. You're going to watch the next one. The next one has this, blah, 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 blah. You're going to watch it, right? And, I was, and then I did, and I was like, ah, you got me. So I, I like kind of their, their conscious humor about the medium that they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's clever stuff they do. Like the the crux of the show is that essentially these these young teens are being visited by the puberty monsters or hormone monsters. What are they? Hormone monsters. They're hormone monsters. I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> um, so okay, here we're imagining that puberty is a physical monster that you get visited by. I can get behind this this tr- concept. The yes. world of the show is fine. I just... <clears throat> I don't think it's funny. <laughs> Which is weird, because, like... After it was canceled, I got introduced to The Kroll Show, which I thought was funny. And so Nick Kroll, like, doing his weird character thing... Oh, what's the one with the marketing agency with the two girls who are the same name? Oh, I love that. Um, hang on. I'm going to look it up because it's, it's worth recommending to not kids. Um, <laughs> publicity, publicity, because they're both named Liz and they run a publicity agency named publicity. Got it. And it's like a fake reality show and it's Nick Kroll being this publicity agency owning woman which is just hilarious in its own right um and it's strange and oddly specific and has lots of good humor things in it um and then big mouth is just generic about puberty it doesn't feel specific enough about puberty yeah the first episode was a little bit rough like i wasn't sure once i saw certain things that i can't unsee now in the very first episode, um, I wasn't sure if I was going to like it because it felt like it was too much for no reason. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the second and third episode, I think it it settled into being about the characters and a character journey. And I started to see what they were doing with the characters and the confusion of the characters. And I started to enjoy the hormone monster a little bit more. Um, and especially when the, the female hormone monstress comes in (laughs) voiced by Maya Rudolph, you know? Yeah. So there's just some things I'm, I'm looking forward to checking out some more. Obviously something caught me because I'm into five, but there are parts of it where I'm like, well, why, why? And I think anytime something's trying to be edgy for adult's sake, I always go, why? Because it's, it's like a gratuitous adult joke is the same to me as a gratuitous, like a gratuitous fart joke where it's like, why? Why do we, it's not funny just because you show that. 
that's not enough to make it funny. It has to be earned somehow. That's a good metaphor, and I feel like gratuitous fart joke as a metaphor um, can be defined in Big Mouth as the ghost of Duke Ellington. Because mm-hmm. um, for some reason, the ghost of Duke Ellington is a character. And I feel like someone just had a Duke Ellington impression they wanted to do on the show. And so they've really, like, shoehorned the ghost of Duke Ellington into the show. Where they already have hormone monsters. Right. I, I don't know. But, I mean, there, there was an interesting talking female genitalia scene that was quite interesting. Did not see that one. Um, yeah. I think you have to watch the f- one after the one you watched. <laughs> the one after the gay one? Yes. So, um, I, I, I was say- telling Chris before the podcast, I watched the first episode and I saw from Netflix titles that there was a gay one. So I skipped immediately to that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching them um, with my headphones on and my wife came home. She was at a um, a dance conference. So she came home <laughs> after presenting her research and everything and she's like, what are you, what are you watching? I'm like, oh, it's a show called Big Mouth. And she says, well, they do have big mouths. Like she was, it's like, and some of them are monsters. It was like, well, no, that's the hormone. Mon-. I was trying to explain it. <laughs> and then she just wouldn't stop staring at the screen. So I took my headphones out so it could play the audio. And then that was the next scene that she got to watch. She's like, oh, I'm loving this. And I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I could see that being a Dr. Rochelle Briggs-Leva show. So there are parts of it that she was really hip to. And I think the fact, the thing that I appreciate is their candor about Mm -hmm. things. um, And the fact that they're actually telling strong stories about these. I think it gets a little too gratuitous at points. But I think the more we get desensitized to have been able to discuss things that maybe it'll be okay. It's certainly doing things that no other show has done. Yes. And it's doing them fine. (laughs) Um, And the next one is from Cartoon Network. Yeah, this is one that I want to bring up. I haven't really seen it other than uh, like the promos for it's called The Jellies. Um, and it's a show ostensibly about a family of jellyfishes in uh, suburban Washington state who adopt a black son. Um, and it's from Chris is doing the face of like, why? <clears throat> uh, it's on Adult Swim, obviously. Um, it's from Tyler, the creator, <clears throat> who's part of the. I don't know how to describe the history as a Tyler, the creator periphery fan, um, whereas I'm a fan of Frank Ocean. Um, they both came out of this rap collective called Odd Future Wolfgang, Kill Them All, um, or abbreviated O-F-W-G-K-T-A is what they go by. Um, no, no, I don't think they're a group anymore. I don't really know. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But I want to bring it up because Tyler, the creator, has a great defense of, like, why the main character is black. Hold on. How many black cartoon characters is it on TV right now? I Name five. I'll give you time. <laughs> cartoon characters? I only know like... It is Flint none. It is none. They cancel Static Shock. Nobody remember Fillmore. It's like, we don't got sh- The only other black character is this f- weird... Oh no, they killed Chef off South Park. Oh yeah. So we don't have sh- So I said f- that. We about to make this 
black and he ain't got no guns. He ain't shooting no f-ing basketball. And, and he a f-ing Uber and we're going to put him on TV. And he's the lead character. And so I just really appreciate that there's a show out there that someone's creating and defending like, why shouldn't the main character be black? Because that seems to be something we've, we're losing recently in television. Mm-hmm. So, yay the jellies. I will watch an episode just in defense of that. <laughs> and then we'll see. And then the, um, the next one, Neo Yokio. Neo Yokio is the greatest city in the world. It is a diverse labyrinth of cultural and architectural innovation. I don't know what this show is. I, I don't know what this show is. I, if someone, if one of the creators in the opening credits, if you could just change the opening credits, Netflix, to just say, by the way, this is satire, that would be... <laughs> I think it's satire. I think that would fix, like, maybe 30% of the issues I have with it. So I might, you know, get into it a little bit, but it's what, what is, it tells an alternate universe of our world where essentially New York, Neo Yokio is New York slash Tokyo slash Tokyo, but under water under 14th street or just under it looks just under Central Park or like like the 30s. It looks like it goes underwater from some yeah. disaster or something. And, and there were demons that attacked and there were uh, magicians who came out and saved everybody. Um, and now they are given a place in society because of the service they did to save society in the 1900s. In the early that, 1900s. I feel like that really sums it up. And then now we're dealing with um, one person, Kaz. Yeah, Kaz Khan. Um, who is a young, rich, but neo-riche, nouveau-riche, rich kid um, who plays field hockey and also does other things that I really don't care about. (laughs) Well, I, okay. Yes. You don't care about it. And this background reasons for that. (laughs) Um, my, my summary of this is Neo Yokio is a show. If the boondocks as a show and the novel infinite jest had an unholy love child, it's Neo Yokio on Netflix. (laughs) Okay. Like, I think it's a show that's about things that are very influential in young minds today. So it's it's about, like, this high fantasy anime that can influence a young life, but also this obsession with, like, fashion and money and social media and combining them together into, like, this weird, like, upper crust, like, upper class, like, angst ennui kind of thing mm-hmm. i don't know there's there's wonderful lines that i think prove it's satire of like uh i forget what the the field hockey joke is it's like something i'm just so depressed about the demons i'm not in the mood for field hockey today or something <laughs> yeah i think i texted you because i was like what am i even 
<laughs> what? Let's see. What was it? Because we were talking while you were watching it. I've been really depressed, and it's affected my attitude of field hockey. <laughs> yes. Okay. Demon, be gone from the Chanel suit. Yeah, Demon, be gone from the Chanel suit, I think, proves it's satire. Okay. How can you have that? And in the creator's own words, like um, an interviewer uh, in the press was asking, what even is this show? <laughs> and the creator was saying that it's geared toward a very specific audience that um, is the Venn diagram of fi fans of the anime Ranma One Half and the show Gossip Girl. <laughs> Like, they reference both those things in a single breath. It's like an adult Animaniacs. <sighs> so crazy. I know. This, there's a lot happening. Aesthetically, like, on, it's one of those shows on paper. I'm like, I think I like this. But the execution but actually, of actually it. actually watching it. Yeah. 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 Someone else, another person in the press called it, what'd you, what'd you say? Nigh unwatchable Cobstopple. Oh, <laughs> uh, what are they? Yes, they. <laughs> oh, it's gosh. making the rounds. There's a um, lot of people talking Anime about News it. Network called the show Nigh Unwatchable Cod Swallop. Yeah. Cod Swallop. Yes. I know lots of people who love this show and think it's a great critique and takedown of anime and how it's done. Um, and I know lots of people who just hate it. Yes. I feel like I have, I have no more interest. It's really pretty. It's really beautifully animated, but like, I can't, the character, it's just too far. The deadpan is just too far. I, I just okay. can't take the dialogue. That's fair. And I support your decision. <laughs> so this one show that's been obviously missing from all of our lists so far, and it gets its own special mention of stuff we've already talked about, but is so good, it's worth talking about again. And I think it's clearly the winner of 2017, at least in the Chris and McKenzie Writers Get Animated Playbook. Yes. DuckTales. Yeah, I did find out something interesting about it. That Which it's, is? They're airing things out of order. It seems like it. It's like they're putting some things closer together that... I feel like a lot of the more recent episodes are before they were supposed to have met um, Other Girl Duck. Yes, the, the second Lena episode, The Terror of the Terraformians which I think is uh, right now has been aired ep as episode four. It's it, their Halloween episode, air it quotes. It's supposed to be episode nine, I believe. So there's some weird things going on with the timeline um, in the production versus the um, airing of it. I don't think it's damaging things too badly right now, but... I look forward to the day of watching them in the order they were meant to be. And there's also a Huey-based episode that hasn't aired yet. Yeah, I feel like there's been very little Huey. Yeah, there was actually a Huey-centric episode that was supposed to be episode four, which was my one complaint about the new DuckTales, which is Huey is really not interesting. There? Or yeah. there. I did like the most recent one, the Infertile Internship of Mark Beeks, where they finally got to introducing the new villain, question mark, Mark Beeks. Yes. 
who's in the opening credits, and you're like, who is this new person? And they did a nice change of Glomgold, so I see that Glomgold is going to maybe evolve a little bit into something else. Like, there's more to his story. Mm-hmm. He's not just a Scottish duck. He's a little <laughs> bit more sinister. Yeah. Um, which I appreciate. So I, I do appreciate the, the changes and the, the reinventions that they're doing. And the episode with Gladstone Gander was really terrific. Um, even the throwaway jokes about Launchpad, you know, going off on a mission trying to save an old love. Yeah. Well, there's hardly any Launchpad in the show so far, at least of the episodes they've aired. And, and one thing that's that I noticed the big difference is they don't feel the need to have every character in every episode, whereas the old DuckTales was everyone on every adventure. So you didn't get to build any characters or specific relationships because it was everybody. This one, it's, you know what? We don't have to have all three of the kids. We could just do something with Louie. We don't have to have all three of them. Here's just Huey and Dewey. I thought for sure they'd still have like Huey, Dewey, Louie, and Webby in every episode. I knew Donald wouldn't be in every one, but I'm. It feels very freeing when they just accept who won't be in the episode. Yes, I'd like I to know. I just love Launchpad, so I want more Launchpad. I know that the in, the Launchpad in Terror of the Terraformians was classic. Was. A little bit of classic launch pad, although a little bit less intelligent launch pad than I'm used to, but still funny. Mm-hmm. But I think cool. DuckTales is still worth checking out. So, so second seal of approval. Gunk. Gunk. DuckTales. There we go. Uh, there are a few shows that haven't aired yet that uh, we are keeping tabs on. But we can't talk about them because we haven't seen them. And not just because we haven't watched them, but because they haven't started yet. Uh, Big Hero 6 is coming to Disney later this year. Um, I've heard tell of Wacky Races on Cartoon Network. It's actually out. Wacky Races reboot. Is it? Yeah. I watched watched an episode of it. Well, just kidding. I've missed it. Yeah. Entirely. It's old-fashioned in a way that's not like it's it's just jokes there's no story there's no character it's just jokes and jokes and driving and violence okay cartoon violence so uh if you want just something ridiculous but without any substance it's like cotton candy that hits people (laughs) delicious delicious weaponry um, and also, uh, Netflix has a Watership Down reimagining. That's coming out. Coming out. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I'm tentatively interested. Because I like Watership Down, the book. I'm one of those people who likes the book, but not the really gratuitously weird and dark <laughs> British BBC TV special. <laughs> Which I'm not experienced with either one of them. So, the book is a a classic children's tale uh, from an animal's perspective, and the movie's like this weird, dark rabbit murdering thing. <laughs> and people like it for some reason. I know huh. people like Watership Down's my favorite Halloween movie. Like that's not a hall, not at all related to Halloween. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. 
Cool. So what are the things that we see running through besides annoying little kid characters or annoying <laughs> young, smart characters? Well, I think Disney continues to dominate. Yes. Um, I think this is only going to get stronger by their new uh, streaming service that they're working on. Yes. Because they already have the Disney Now app, which just came out, that unifies all their Disney TV brands into one app that you can watch. It's nice. So when they have a Disney streaming service that is all of their movies from all of their um, franchises and all of their shows that, that they've ever made available to stream, like you're, that's already a huge library of shows to pull from. You can revisit classics like The Gummy Bears. Mm -hmm. Pulling it out. There. I'm assuming. I'm assuming it'll have everything at launch. I hope. I can't speak for that. Yeah. Um, and then they'll have TV channels where they're airing some things, and they can even do crazier stuff in the app. Mm -hmm. I'm interested to see what Disney's going to do with this. I think they are the the first actual like TV channel brand to like announce we're having a streaming service that I'm excited about and think there's potential there. Mm -hmm. Like CBS All Access. No. No, thank you. <laughs> I'll just wait till Star Trek is on Netflix later. <laughs> what are some of the other trends that we see? Like things like we have a lot of women dominating again, which is great. I like that we're seeing more female leads. Love it as well. Um, I felt like there were a lot of oddly specific sidekicks mm -hmm. in these shows. The Ghost of Duke Ellington, a robot mecha butler voiced by Jude Law. Yes. Um, in Neo Yokio. Um, there's a Disney younger audience show called Mission Force One that has like a laser ostrich is their pet. So. It's like we can't just have like a dog be a sidekick now. It's like we have to have a laser powered ostrich. Cool. <laughs> oh, goodness. So know, were there were there other trends? Well, beyond the, the one that we were talking about at the very, very beginning of things, the trend that we saw happening of, um, what, what was Annoying it? smart kids. Yeah. 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 I think that's about it. Oh, well, 11 minute shows and timelines. And yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Well, Chris, do you have things you will keep watching that we've talked about for 2017? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep watching um, DuckTales, of course. Um, I will keep checking out some Vampirina. I will probably finish up the season of Big Mouth. Um, something that we didn't really talk about. Um, I have caught a few episodes of Mickey and the Roadster Racers here and there. Um, and that's a show that I don't find annoying at all. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty good. It's it's a nice evolution up from Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, which is I wish it weren't car racing, but at least the characters are funny and the animation is nice. Mm -hmm. Okay. How about for you? Anything you're going to continue watching? <sighs> Definitely DuckTales. That's the one that I prepared to fully commit to. And then I will probably um, check in occasionally on Vampirina Hard boiled. I hate to say Neo Yokio, but pr I'll probably watch at least one more Neo Yokio to try <laughs> and understand it. And um, yeah, that might be it. Yeah. 
So what's your actual favorite thing from, I know we watched a lot and we've talked about a lot in this episode. So what was your actual favorite thing? Uh, while I don't care for Big Mouth that much, I mentioned I skipped straight to the gay episode. <laughs> and at one point, the main character, I think the main character, the not Nick Kroll character. Yeah, the sec- he's he's one of the two main characters. There are two main characters. Okay. He like goes up to the gay kid at school and says, Michael, you're right. I'm gay. And then the gay Michael, or whatever his name is, turns around and says, look at you walking into rooms, declaring things. <laughs> Points. Uh, um, my favorite thing was the, I f- it was the first song in Vampirina, not the theme song, but the first song that she sings, her I Want song. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like it was just a really surprising character moment, and it struck me, like, I f- honestly was like, this is a Broadway show. And yeah, the, the, the I Want to Have Friends thing. Yeah, I was like, this is really good because it felt, different from the kind of music I was expecting. Like, okay, so it's a little bit closer to Crazy Ex-Girlfriend <laughs> than Doc McStuffins in the sense that it's a character moment-based song that feels like Broadway style or, you know, pop style. So I appreciated it very much. Okay. And I, I hope that there is somehow a Vampirina Crazy Ex-Girlfriend crossover. I kind of hope there's not, because I feel like that would ruin Vampirina. Fine. (laughs) Crush my dreams, Mackenzie. Crush my dreams. That's my vote. (laughs) Crazy X Werewolf? Hmm. No. Mm. Okay. Shall we talk um, what we're doing next time? Yes, let's. So now that we've hit 100 episodes, we're actually going to take a break. (laughs) (laughs) So much. Um, But we're going to come back. We're going to uh, keep focusing on our production value and what our show is doing. But we're actually going to go to every other week. Um, Starting our next episode will be December 8th. And we're going to talk about Coco. So I know it's a while away. But see the movie Coco, Pixar's Coco, in theaters before listening to our next episode. Plus... This is a great chance for you to catch up on all the homework you haven't done in the last 100 (laughs) episodes, because I know from talking to certain fans that you have missed out on some homework. So this is your homework catch-up time. We are giving this as a gift to you. We don't want to stay so far ahead of you and you're watching. So... Um, If you are interested in any of the things we talked about in this 100th episode, check it out and let us know what we should be watching on Twitter at WG Animated. Um, Like our page. Tell your friends to like our page on Facebook, facebook.com slash WG Animated. And read the show notes. We'll have links to the list of all these shows if you can't remember what they all were on writersgetanimated.tumblr.com. As always... Thank you to our engineer, Nigel Catino, um, and to our um, theme musician. That's a new way to say that. Theme musician, Jacob Reed. (laughs) And if you're enjoying any of these hundred episodes, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes so we can get a larger audience. But we appreciate you guys listening and keeping us going for 
100 episodes. We'll see you in December with more new episodes at that time. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, we had to get one more. Good night, everybody.